Welcome to the Coffee and Catnaps Parenting Podcast. I'm Erin, your host. If you're a parent looking for a place to connect, grow, learn, and get some sleep expertise from a sleep consultant and early child educator, you are in the right place. I'm a boy mom, avid coffee drinker, and your sleep bestie. I'm also an expert in child development and infant, toddler, and preschooler sleep. tonight's episode, I have Chelsea Skaggs. She is a, well, I should say kind of an Instagram, somewhat famous, at least in my eyes, um, person. She has a few different accounts that I follow, Postpartum Together, and Chelsea Keeps It Real. Chelsea, welcome to the show tonight. Hi, Erin. Thank you for the time to, to hang out and have some mom chat. Absolutely. I'm so glad you're here to join me tonight. Um, So let's kind of get into your story a little bit, your background, and then we will get into the nitty gritty and dirty of our conversation tonight. Yeah. Thanks, Erin. Well, I am a mom of two. Um, One will be five this fall and one will be three, which blows my mind because I just did a video today where it was like, I literally can't make a bed appropriately. How am I the adult in these situations? It still boggles my mind. But um, after my first, I just found myself in this rabbit hole of all the things I should be as a mom. What should I be saying? What should we be wearing? How should my body be be looking? And I found myself in a, a big comparison trap um, for the first couple of years and finding that new motherhood was really hard. And yet I felt like you kind of had to keep up this illusion. Like there wasn't a lot of space to talk about the harder parts. Um, and so I, I played the game for a couple of years and then I, I hit a breaking point and was like, this is, this is not it. This is not for me. Uh, so I had, I had my second child and I just really fell in love with the messy, vulnerable, taboo parts of um, life after baby. And that led me from some of the other uh, more general life coaching and mindfulness that I was doing into really nerding out and obsessing over how much having a baby changes us and our relationship and our friendships and all these different parts of our life. And I, I just knew I would have had a lot, a lot more freedom and a lot more joy if I had had those kind of spaces. And so I was going to make it. I was going to make those kind of spaces for other women and moms to to have these hard conversations, which is, you know, why we're here and why we're showing up day in and day out in the mess and in the beauty all together. I love that. You know, it brings me back to when I first became a mom. I mean, you spend 20, 30 some years of your life without a child for, you know, some it's more or less than that give or take, but you spend that time becoming who you are, right? Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you have a new baby, a whole new life and a whole new identity that you are just trying to figure it out. Like, who am I now? And there's, it, it just seems to become a lot more complicated. So I love that I have you on and I love that you, your goal is to focus on 
being you and who you are after baby and still embracing that. Um, any post I see of yours, I'm either like giggling in my head or I'm like, oh, she went there and I'm here for it. <laughs> so I'm just like, I'm all about it. But um, tell me a little bit before we get into this, tell me a little bit more about your different accounts and kind of what what the gist is of each of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have um, Chelsea Keeps It Real, which is more of my personal account. It's where I show my face most often. Um, it's where I show my belly and sometimes my butt, I guess, now these days. Uh, and so it's really the space of like, this is a changing human as a mom who is embracing a changed body and, and having my own conversations with my kids and thinking about what it means to raise these young humans and my conversations with my own husband and, and those close in my life. Um, I really love that space for the, just the honest conversations, but it is very, um, picture based. And then I, I created my business Um, and it's an LLC postpartum together. And I really wanted that to be the bigger branch where I have a couple other women who also step in and help support some of these different transitions in life after baby. Um, I love the graphics over there. I love just having space that really is conducive to conversation. Uh, and, and I did a series late last year that went into, um, it was through 2020 and I did the taboo ABCs of postpartum and just really going into these topics um, that of course I have uh, I have experience in. I experienced them, um, but it kind of keeps me in that early motherhood space, whereas I'm kind of coming out of that on a, on a personal level. And so exploring some of the, the things that come in having a toddler and these different transitions in, in my personal page, because that's always changing. But the fact that women deserve postpartum support and more places to talk about these conversations is like forever what will live at postpartum together. Yes, absolutely. New mothers are always being born and will always need that type of a space. So that's awesome that you are providing it. I love it. All right, so you and I are gonna talk about just a few like hot topics and questions that you get asked somewhat frequently. Um, So one being things that make parents feel disconnected after having a baby. Let's get into that a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Erin, did you have any favorite pieces that stick out or? Oh, I feel like just the whole time piece. It's like, So my kids right now are two and a half and 15 months, and they are very needy right now. Like, Mm -hmm. my youngest is finally just getting out of the whole separation anxiety stage that he's been in for what seems like the last, like, solid six or seven months. Like, he just wanted mom, and all of a sudden, he, like, is moving away from that, which, you know, I'm kind of sad, but also very happy about it. Uh Um, so that along with just, I'm momming 12 hours a day and there's always someone crawling on me. And then, you know, also trying to focus and make time for my husband, you know, like some days I'm just touched out. And when I fall into bed, I just want to go to sleep, you know? Right. So that's like one thing that 
I think a lot of other women can probably relate to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I remember the times that I said to my husband, like, these other humans literally depend on me and you are a grown man. So I just, I can't, I have nothing left for you. And that was not always the best approach. Uh, it, it took some, some hard conversations and, and exchanges to figure out what we were both really needing and looking for there. But that is such a big part is that you know, never before for most of us, did we have to be so intentional and so planned with our time together? I mean, we would sit, I look back and I'm like, do we literally like just sit on the couch for three or four hours in the evening and, and hang out and coexist? Because now it takes a week worth of planning to do that for an hour. And I think you have a really good point there. A lot of people feel like they're, they're passing ships in the night for a while. Mm-hmm. And, and we might be. And I think that is where we have to really enter the conversation and, and bring these things up with our partners. And, and even share like, man, honey, I really miss you. And I'm not sure how to make more time right now, but I do. I miss you. Like sometimes we need those just those verbal reminders. Yeah, Uh, I think so. Just like validating that, yes, this is going on right now. No, I don't like it, but it's the season we're in and I miss you. I think, I think just recognizing that it's somewhat of an issue is definitely the first step. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's so important. We, we are in a season where so much has changed. And I think sometimes we tiptoe around or we avoid the hard conversations with ourselves and with our partners, which then can lead to that resentment and having the conversation by yourself in your head. This is probably one of the worst things I did as a brand new mom was having these conversations with my husband in my head and he wasn't there. And then I would hold him responsible as if we had had this conversation together, which really led to some of that resentment and just disconnect and miscommunication So having those small touch points, they're going to look different, but you're right. Making these little just affirmations or connection points verbally, um, a a nice, you know, a quick back rub or a hand squeeze or something that is like, hey, babe, we're on the same team. Like, I see you. I know you're there. Uh, I think oftentimes what I hear from partners that is really interesting is they can feel like the third wheel, especially when there is that first new baby because they're used to being, you know, you and I, our partnership. And then we have a baby and if baby is, is nursing or in a variety of ways, dependent on mom and maybe mom's the one who has more time at home and has a has more parental leave or whatever that looks like, oftentimes partner is is feeling like the third wheel and uh, maybe compensating by taking more on at work and trying to provide financially or trying to find projects or trying to, to compensate in ways that might not match the need. But that third wheel feeling is something that I think is really important for us to address that, that partners can experience. And often don't know how to verbalize. Well, and I think part of it too is how do you verbalize like when you're a grown adult, 
how do you verbalize feeling like the third wheel mm-hmm. to a baby? Do you, uh-huh. like like because of the baby, you know, yeah. like that's tough. Yeah. Yeah. That's a hard, that's a hard statement to say. I'm, I'm jealous of our baby or, you know, to put it that bluntly. Yeah, totally. So how are, how are some ways we can communicate with more intention? I mean, you know, we talked about being ships passing in the night, like a little arm squeeze here and there, just saying, I see you, I miss you. Are there other ways we can be more intentional with our communication with our partners during that postpartum time? Yeah. Well, this really takes me to think of two directions, Erin. So the first one is, it's just like very logistical. It is the uh, having a space set aside for what I call a business meeting and then having a space set aside for that connection kind of date night, regardless of whether that is a half an hour after baby goes to bed or whatever. It doesn't have to be fancy, but I think a lot of people miss this business family meeting where we're really proactively communicating. Hey, these are the tasks that have to happen this week. Here's how we can divvy them up or, you know, Um, baby has these appointments or is phasing out of these clothes or just the things that are coming up. Uh, I find that when those are not proactively communicated, then that's where we have this kind of distress about, well, who's doing this or I'm taking on everything and, and these, these disagreements here. So I like to encourage parents to even think about their child as a project, like a work project. So here we are, we are coworkers and we were just assigned this new project. And really our goal is to keep it alive. Like, what do we need to do? What does the schedule need to be? What tasks need to be done? And how do we divvy that up? And really that is a foundation to be able to then have a little bit more intimate connection because you're not turning to that resentment or who's doing what when you have a down moment. And that, I think being able to take advantage of those moments you do find together is so important and takes all of that back-end planning. So that first, that first piece, Erin, when you brought up, like how, how do we move into this is, having this proactive communication as much as possible. And then um, being able to have, because those things are taken care of, then being able to have some time that's really focused on connecting and maybe it's pulling a conversation card or, you know, um, it could be as simple as picking, you know, September, 2018, let's look at our pictures and see what we did and kind of revisit and, and have fun looking at that part of our life together then you have the chance to go into those more um, connective spaces. I love that. I think having the plan and just knowing what your role is and what your partner's role is for the upcoming week is just super helpful in not having to worry about all those little things that someone may or may not be doing that need to get done. Um, It just kind of takes that weight off. And then when you do have, like you said, maybe that half hour after baby's in bed to just connect on a more like intimate and deeper level. 
So Chelsea, one other hot topic I want to talk about tonight, and this is something I've heard from a few of my um, community followers and um, just other women in the online world in the postpartum phase. So sex, sex is, it's kind of a big thing, you know, a lot of women go to their six-week postpartum appointment and get the all-clear, you're good to go. But I don't know if a lot of women actually feel ready. That can be tough after baby. Yeah. And I, and I just want to validate that, Erin, because in my community, I ask this question pretty regularly. And I think that six months is actually a more accurate representation of when a lot of people are returning to intimacy or sex after baby. Um, so I hear people that are like, oh my God, it's been eight weeks or, or three months and, and I'm doing something so wrong. And I just, I always think it's important to validate and normalize that there is, there is so much more to sex after baby than the actual act of, you know, intercourse. <laughs> and there is the mental side of it. Um, one, you know, maybe that's anticipation of pain or just not knowing how to enter it again, but also the fact that most likely mama is carrying in the back of her head, okay, this is when baby wakes next. Uh, this is when baby eats next. This is, you know, all of these things that to-do list can be nonstop. And that can be another huge factor. Uh, emotionally, obviously hormones, hormones are still a roller coaster for 18 to 24 months after having a baby. So there's no way that we should be saying that six, you know, six weeks after everyone's ready to enter that space again. I mean, not only from the, the kind of feeling side, the, the emotional feelings, but also the way that our body is potentially not even creating lubrication because of prolactin that is causing us to lactate. So there are these things that it, it makes sense that it can take more time to ease into this, but you bring up that six week appointment. And I always think it's important to say like, we have to change that narrative because the providers that are perpetuating this are doing a huge disservice, especially knowing that women birthing, birthing people have not, don't always have a great understanding of their body and their changes in the entire birth, pregnancy, and postpartum experience. And with that comes so much less that most of our partners even know and understand about it. So there are, there are mental, there are emotional, and of course there are the physical factors that make even starting to get back into sex a big topic. And, and I think, yeah, we, we should definitely go into this a little bit more because it's not just like a all right, here we go. Everyone's ready. We're on board. It's, it's multifaceted and we have to normalize that it takes uh, a lot of communication, a lot of attempts <laughs> for, for many of us, a lot of tears and sharing our fears and, and maybe anxiety around the baby. So there's so many pieces to this 
And we cannot just boil it down to having a healed vagina. Exactly. Oh my gosh, you hit the nail on the head. There is just a million and one pieces to that puzzle. So (laughs) I have a question. This was from one of my followers this week to kind of go off of this subject. Mm -hmm. So how do you find balance, you know, around this six weeks, eight weeks, three months, six months, like whenever you're like, I don't know, whenever you have the green light and or your partner's ready, Let's just put that out there. Your partner's ready because it's been weeks, right? Mm -hmm. So how do you find a balance between two different sex drives postpartum? Like when I think back, and maybe this is a little personal, but it kind of goes back to what you were saying. Like when we were breastfeeding, Mm -hmm. like my body just wasn't always like ready to go, you know? So what's something that I mean, I don't know. Is there a way to find balance in, in that time? Or is it just a matter of giving yourself a little more grace and over communicating with your partner that that's not a priority right now? Yeah. Well, I think that the, the communication part is such an important piece. And I, I want to start with what I personally recommend people not do, which is like lay in bed think about the to-do list and be like, oh my God, are you finished yet? Um, That is a, that is a common place. A lot of people go and then there's not a chance to really address why the, the sex driver, the interest isn't there as much. And I think we do a disservice when we kind of fake through some of these things and and a lot of things in our relationship. Um, So there's a lot of things that can be done that aren't, intercourse, obviously, we can kind of, you know, go through in our minds, these different options. Um, One thing a little off topic, and then I'll come back, but I I like to mention as much as I can is the the concept of outer course, which is very similar for the man, but not going intervaginally for a woman. And so that was something that was super helpful for um, my husband and I, when I was still experiencing pain from my pelvic floor. Um, and then, you know, I think it's really this, it's really the give and take. What is the love language? What is the underlying need? And to what extent can you, you know, help your partner and, and work with your partner to meet the higher sex drive while still respecting and understanding the lower sex drive. So again, this is communication. Sometimes it's creativity and just being really honest about it. Uh, And I think that for the most part, the more that partners and specifically men in these situations, the more that they understand about the actual inner changes, um, the men who who, who do understand are the ones who are more likely to respect and really work together. Uh, but those can be hard conversations again to have. So I think we have to hit head on that there is an unmatched sex drive, which can happen at any point in life, um, in between any, any couples, but is definitely dominant in postpartum. Uh, but it, but instead of being, 
you know, upset with our partners or ashamed at our own body and experience, it's having those open conversations and then saying, okay, where can I give a little more? Where can you give a little more? And how do we really focus on trying to meet each other's core needs and, and love language? One thing uh, that I think resonates with a lot of people and surely did with me, I remember distinctly when a client shared, you know, I was so tense from breastfeeding, but every time I asked for a back rub, you know, my husband would think that he could move his hands on down and it was going to go somewhere else. So having some clear boundaries around those kinds of conversations, like this is a, this is a interaction that I'm comfortable with. This is an interaction I'm not comfortable with yet. So again, I cannot say enough how much we need more communication after having a baby than, than most of us did even prior to having a baby because we had, you know, two adults <laughs> taking care of themselves and, and meeting each other in the middle often. And now we have so many more complex pieces to the puzzle. So when it comes down to it, we really want to make sure that we are essentially over-communicating rather than not communicating enough during those part, postpartum days. Yeah, I would definitely say so. So kind of following up on our earlier topic of, you know, having a weekly meeting per se, business meeting, are these conversations, you know, about what we're comfortable with, what we're not comfortable with, what are our current boundaries? Are those conversations to have during that business meeting? I think they certainly could be. Um for for us personally, those are more like our, our kind of date night connection conversations, whereas we have just like business meetings that are logistics. I feel like we're in a boardroom and this is this, this is that. Um, but something I also find helpful for some of the couples I work with is even doing like email exchange back and forth and kind of having an ongoing thread conversation about what they're experiencing or, or the topic at hand. So again, we have to get creative about when and how we're engaging these things. I think that's another great tip, the email. Like some people, like it, this is just a hard conversation to actually have verbally. So do it in written form, exactly. All right, Chelsea, it's been great having you on tonight. Where can we find you in the online world? Yeah, thanks, Erin. So new moms, expecting moms, um, you guys have to hang out with me at Postpartum Together. So this is postpartumtogether.com. This is Postpartum Together on Instagram. Um, pretty much anywhere else. I'm LinkedIn, Pinterest, Facebook, any of those places, it's just, it's postpartum together. Um, and then I really do love the community we also have at Chills Keeps It Real, which is, you know, where we engage a lot of body, body image and change and just navigating motherhood and how unpredictable and intentional it has to be. I love that. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. And to my listeners, you know that if you need help with sleep, sleep resources, make sure you check out lakecountrysleep.com and Lake Country Sleep 
on Instagram and on Facebook, and we will see you next time. If you loved today's episode or found it helpful, please make sure you go on iTunes and leave a review and a rating, subscribe to the show, share it, make sure anyone else who's a parent is following along with the Coffee and Catnaps Parenting Podcast. See you next time.